Hello, everybody, and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. My name is Chad Russell, and that is Kurt Souter of Further Still Ministries. And we've been doing this show called Solid Steps Radio, and we decided we wanted years ago to have a show for men by men talking about things from a man's perspective. We can talk about sports, weather, and politics really well, but there is more to life than sports, weather, and politics. And we just want to be a place, a tool in your toolbox, if you will, just to say, hey, I need to talk about the things that last for eternity. And we believe here that if you're not walking with the person of Jesus Christ, you are not fulfilling God's role for your life ultimately. Uh, We believe that to be a man or a woman, um, you were created to walk with the Lord. And we want to be just, uh, again, just a tool in the toolbox if you're walking with God and saying, I need to hear some truth beyond surface level. Now, today's topic is beyond surface level, but... um, you know, if you've ever heard the phrase, um, uh, a journey of a thousand miles, it begins with what? Listener, one step. And we are all have journeys in our life, whether it's financial, relational, a career. And a lot of that, these times you feel like, I just don't know how to get there. How do I get from here to there? And yeah, it may take one step at a time, but I don't even know which direction to go first. There is always a way to get from here to where you want to go. And there's no place we can't go that God can't take us, but we just got to know there is always a way. So so we got a a dear friend of mine, uh, Dr. Dennis Kaufman. It is great to have you back. We had you a while back and welcome back to the show. Thank you. Appreciate the invitation and looking forward to our time. So uh, you have been a dear friend for me. Um, we did accountability, and uh, Chad, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, Dennis was uh, a great, um, and when I was in the throes of grief, uh, Dennis goes, how about we um, either go golfing every other week or we go for lunch? If, it's, if the weather's bad, we'll, we'll do the lunch, <laughs> and if, if the weather's good, we're going to go hit the little white ball. And he walked with me uh, for two years in that journey. And I am forever grateful for you, brother. Well, you're welcome. That's a joyful memory for me, too. So, uh, Dennis, uh, you have been pastoring and in counseling world for how long? Uh, 44 years. It's a long time. That's a long time. Talk to our listeners. What, what's been some of the most satisfaction, satisfying things about as you look back over those 44 years? Uh, I think it, it really starts uh, maybe, Kurt, with a sense of calling. I remember being in engineering school, you know, in my late teens, early 20s, and just wrestling with those big questions of, you know, what's really important in life. And, you know, I, I think I had to admit back then that I was working hard in school to get a good job, to make a lot of money, and, and just felt like the Lord kind of spoke into that in a way that, that made me begin to think about, you know, what is it that he's interested in me doing? And that led to me taking one course at a Bible college, and little did I know that that would lead to six more years of that and seven years of grad school and all those things along the way to prepare for a life in ministry where, to me, I, I think what I have found is that there's nothing more fulfilling, enjoying, um, in ministry than watching people develop and grow and become more of who God intends them to be. That, that just does it for me. When you see somebody else yes. taking their next step 
and so uh, you know, listeners, uh, Dennis Kaufman has come out with a new book. And what 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 did you title this book? Uh, it's called "There Is a Way," and then the subtitle is uh, Nine Vital Skills to an Excellent Christian Journey." And why did you call it "There Is a Way"? Well, there's kind of two sides to that coin. Uh, I think. I wanted to provide a note of encouragement because a lot of times people don't feel like there is a way you can feel stuck or trapped or pressed in. And, and I think I want that simple biblical phrase to, to be an encouragement. But the other way that, that Jesus used that phrase was that there, there is a way, but it is narrow. It is challenging. It's not, easy to find or to stay on. And so I wanted to be encouragement, but I also wanted to be a challenge that, you know, the broader way is an easier way and we can easily get stuck on that and lose the incredible fulfillment that he has in mind for us. Yeah. You talk in your book about, uh, the abundant life and give, give, give our listeners kind of a definition, kind of a working definition of that from your perspective. And, why sometimes we, you know, this is the life that God wants for us, the abundant life, the full life, and yet many times we choose the opposite. Unpack that a little bit. Yeah, I think I would base that description more than anything, Kurt, on just watching people and observing and having that, that bird's eye view of the inner life of people through the years. And the people that I see who who find that sense of fulfillment, that sense of abundance where they're excited about life, uh, typically are people who discover something about their identity, kind of their uniqueness and, and the way that they're wired and, and get to a place of acceptance with both their strengths and their limitations. And also that they find something very purposeful to do with that, something that is more than just temporary in this world, something that, that lasts forever. And that has to do typically with our relationships uh, with a sense of mission and helping other people. So I think if you, if you have those two things, you understand who you were created to be and you're, you're doing something about that, you got a good shot of feeling good when you wake up in the morning. Yeah, there's this whole, uh, this whole mission and purposefulness. And yet, as you're describing that, I was, I was just reminded about Jesus heard the voice of his father at his baptism, and he said three powerful things to his son. And his son hadn't gone into the into the, you know the mission kingdom, uh, you know full time ministry so to speak for Jesus hadn't started yet. But he heard three things: "You are my son, with with you I I love you, and with you I'm well pleased." And that all hit on identity. It did. And so how we as Christ followers, we, that plays a part in our identity. It definitely does. And, you know, if you follow that up with the strong sense that he had that I'm here to do the will of my father, that's the purposefulness. That's the mission. And and that played out in both uh, exhilarating and incredibly painful ways. Talk to our listeners about, so this abundant life that God wants for us. Yes, I mean, he he. I mean, Jesus died for that. He, yes, he's. I, I not only want you to have this. I'm going to die so that you can have this. And yet, many times we embrace the opposite of that. 
Talk to us about that. I think what I see that tends to keep us from reaching that kind of potential that, that, that God wants for us is that, I don't know if you've noticed, but human beings tend to live in patterns. We tend to find a rut, and once we go down that trail a few times, it's sometimes very difficult to pick something different. And I think what I've discovered is that, that often God is doing things in our life to, to create another pathway, another way through the jungle, as it were. But, but that one that's already carved out, it's a lot easier. You know, you don't have to get your machete out and mow anything down to get there if it's the old worn path. But if that path leads to something less than abundance, then that's what you end up with. And so I think that's part of why, you know, the, the teachings of Scripture are challenging and, and often out of the box in regards to helping us uh, get to a different sort of path that, that actually takes us where we want to go. But we don't like change sometimes, especially if it's hard. And, and to me, that's, that's where, you know, the Lord kind of spoke in, in the book of Hebrews about the fact that our, our experience has to be mixed with faith. It has to be faith and action together that, that sort of move us out of that rut to, to a place that we might not expect. Get, I mean, it, we, we get stuck so easily. Yes. And how do we get out of that stuckness and move on to the more abundant life? Yeah, I think the first thing you have to do is you have to think about that. You know, you have to have a certain level of awareness. I think that's why it's so valuable to be in the Word, to have people around you who can speak into your life, because we easily get blinded to the things that are needed most. And so um, being aware of those challenges, I think I remember that back in my college days. I wasn't really all that eager to head into ministry, but, but I also didn't want to end up somewhere that was less than what life was intended to be. And so it with some hard steps, with a lot of second-guessing, didn't all come together quickly. Well, we're going to take a break, come back, and talk more about the book, There Is a Way, and talk more about what that looks like here on Solid Steps Radio. Ellen and Credit Union has been around the Louisville, Kentuckiana area for decades. They can help you with every financial need that you have, whether it's personal, commercial, you need a home loan, car loan, Ellen and Credit Union can take care of you and all of your financial needs. Bright Star Home Care, if you have someone that you love and care for that needs in-home care, whether they need one visit a week or they need 24-7 care, Bright Star Home Care is your very first contact to start that process and find out what's best for you and your loved one. We also want to thank podloo.com. That's Louisville Podcast Studios. If you want to do a professional sounding podcast or video cast, you want to look and sound great, Louisville Podcast Studios is your contact. Go to podloo.com. That's P-O-D-L-O-U.com. So our last segment, we were talking about the, uh, the book, There Is a Way, Nine Vital Skills for an Excellent Christian Journey. If you missed that, we're going to start unpacking those right now. So Dennis, uh, you mentioned in the book uh, the gospel. You know, Paul says the gospel is powerful. You know, it's, it's life-changing. 
But you make a comment that why so so many times it has little impact on our lives. What what do you mean by that? And kind of explain that to our listeners. Yeah, I think Kurt, that's one of the things that that sort of drove my desire to to write this because I think all of us, you know, who are part of Christ Church, you know, we wrestle with that because we do believe it's the best news ever. We do believe that there is power in it. And yet we have all kinds of examples of the fact that a person can be a part of a church, can call themselves Christian for all of their lives and be relatively unchanged by it. That troubles me. And uh, plus there's those pesky statistics that tell us that a lot of times there's not a great deal of difference between the behavior of a Christian and a non-Christian. So that's been a big part of what I've wanted to, to understand and try to write about. And I really feel like it has a lot to do with, with what we mentioned earlier in regards to those, those patterns that we develop. Um, I think it was John Ortberg where I originally heard kind of the idea that we have to focus as Christians more on the idea of training than trying. Because if you haven't developed strength, if you haven't developed skills, no matter what you believe in your head, you're not going to be able to implement that. You know, if somebody told me today to go press 200 pounds, I, I would not be able to do that because I've not been a weightlifter. But it would be possible if I committed myself to that process. And the same thing with learning how to play a musical instrument, anything like that. Most things in life involve the training process. And that's why I refer to these as skills that we need to learn because without some of these key things, um, we are going to be somewhat powerless to respond differently to what life throws at us. And you tie that in. I, I love how you tie that into. So there's our responsibility. There's, there's training pieces that we need. Yes. Um, at the same time, you really, you bring in the Holy spirit. Yes. You bring it Talk about the the blending of us in training and the Holy Spirit partnering with Him. Obviously, that that's a, a big topic. <laughs> that's probably another whole book. <laughs> yeah, people who are higher in the pay grade range than I am. But but I think what I would say is that the two primary things that God has given us to be able to figure out our path are His Word and His Spirit, and. I kind of look at those two things as, um, I'll give you an analogy. I, I kind of like astronomy, so I've had a telescope for most of my adult life. And there's, there's two primary knobs on a telescope. You, you have one that's kind of your primary way to find what you want to look for, like, oh, there's the moon, or there's that star, or there's that planet. But then there's also a fine-tuning knob that helps you hone in on that and see it with more detail. And I think the word is the primary way for us to know what God's wisdom looks like, what, what his principles, his guidelines are to help us. I think, to me, that's the big picture. But the Spirit has to individualize that for us, has to, to bring that into view in a way that the Scripture can't address every little thing. And so I think God has, has decided to dwell within us, uh, to speak to us in ways that are hard to describe. That still small voice is my favorite description of how that works. Uh, but you, if you're listening, if you're praying, I think there are times where you feel that nudge, you experience that sense of, I really need to pay attention to this. I really need to explore this more. And to me, that's that individuality where the Spirit helps us 
fine tune our decisions and begin a track that, like you said earlier, Chad, that that first step sometimes takes us a thousand miles and gets us on the right the right path. But that's kind of the way I like to look at those two primary ways God has given us to help us find our way. One of the ways that you do this in the book, tying all that together, is you wrote case studies. Yes. Because there's different applications for, like, I'm I'm reading this case study. I'm like, I wonder what Dennis is going to say about this. (laughs) But I, I love how you did that in the book. You, 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 what, what were your thoughts as you were writing that? Well, you know, when I began writing, I realized what a, a challenging task it is to try to describe in words what, uh, what I'm speaking about because there is an abstractness to it. It's, it's not always easy to, to find words to describe the Christian journey. And so I wanted to pull everything I could into that to help create the best chance of understanding. And I think a story is it. And, you know, I've been in this wonderful position all these years to hear in depth how people have gotten where they are to where they want to be, gotten to be a part of that. And to be honest, that was the most joyful part of this process was tracking these folks down and being able to write that together with them and to make sure I got the details right, but also to be reminded of the impact it can have when you partner together to discover what it is that God is leading you to do out of those difficult situations into a better place. And so that, that was just a blast for me. And those, those nine people have been so encouraging along the way. They've been excited about the book to come out. They're grateful that their stories could be used. And, and um, it just was a amazing reminder for me that, you know, sometimes when we talk to people, when we teach, you know, we don't know the outcome of that, but to get to see the fruit of that, was uh, very powerful. Well, I, when I'm reading these case studies, and I, I, I'm, I'm trying to even picture your interaction with them while you're counseling them, walking them through this process, and I was like going, Dennis has got to just have incredible satisfaction of, of seeing transformation yes. before your eyes. I mean, they've moved cons- you know, s- some significant boulders out of their lives uh, and and to a pathway that's much, much clearer. Yeah, and I think to me that's been one of the amazing things about being a counselor because you never know how all that's going to happen. I've had times where people were just ripe for that next moment that that changed their life, and so you know you might have a session or two with somebody, and and all of a sudden you know things kind of open up for them, and and there's just dramatic transformation. And of course they think you're wonderful because, you know, you're you're the one who was there in that moment. Those of us doing the work know better, you know, that a lot of people tilled up that soil and and nurtured it and and got it ready and we just got to see that moment. And then there are other times where you know the moment a person walks in the door that this is going to be a lengthy journey. Uh, that that there's going to be a lot to learn, a lot to figure out, and it's going to require a great deal of patience. And so we get to see all that. You know, sometimes it's there's an immediate transformation. Other times it it takes a long time. And to be honest, there's some folks who um, counseling doesn't always benefit them. There's not a readiness. Or I've always been amazed that people can pay ninety, a hundred dollars an hour to be resistant to everything you have to say. Uh, so. 
it happens. That's it. That's amazing. See, I'd get, uh, would, would you like to get paid like a hundred bucks an hour and, and they just don't want to listen to you, <laughs> but they're still going to pay you? <laughs> well, I, I would say with what I do for a living, sometimes that is the case, but, but, but the reality of it is, I think that, um, I guess what I hear you say that is so many people know inside they've got places to go. They know it, but there's the, they're fighting having to go down that road, right? Absolutely. And so what, what do you think the, is it usually have to be a catalyst for them to go? That's it. I'm going this direction now. Something that spar, spurs them on to have to go that direction, or is it just sometimes just a gradual process? Yeah, I, I've seen both, uh, Chad. I, I, there are definitely times where that hitting bottom kind of experience that a person has is it deflates the ego and, and kind of prepares more of a teachable spirit to, to be able to try something different. Um, but I think, you know, there's one case in particular in the book that I, I think about where um, uh, this particular gentleman, he was what I sometimes call a yes, but client. You know, it, there's always there's always something on the backside of the, uh, the thing that we're talking about as to why it won't work. And, and that I think is also one of those things that's in play where you just have to be patient. And, and typically I think uh, life can teach us a great deal by the fact that sowing and reaping is a thing. And if we continue to go down a path that's not leading anywhere, then I think there's always a chance that somebody will go, Oh, um, maybe I better try something different. But there's a great deal of cost to that. Great deal of cost. Yes. Well, we're going to take a break and talk a little bit more maybe about some specific cases and some of the nine vital skills, what that might look like. And uh, the book is called There Is A Way, and we're going to talk more about that in the next segment here on Solid Steps Radio. Hadley Sign Solutions. Owner Chris Hadley has 35 years experience in design, manufacturing, and the installation of commercial exterior electrical signage. He can help promote your business in Kentucky and Southern Indiana. Call him at 502-419-7228. That's 419-7228. Or you can email him at HadleySignSolutions at gmail.com. That's Hadley Sign Solutions. Dan Hart Financial, if you want to retire or want to talk about retirement, whether you're a year away or 20 years away, Dan Hart can sit down, come up with your plan that you uh, need to have, or talk about your plan that you have in place and see if it's a good fit. Dan Hart Financial. So we're talking today with author Dennis Kaufman, who's been in ministry and counseling for 40 years, over 40 years. And he's written a book called There Is a Way, Nine Vital Skills for an Excellent Christian Journey. You can go to Amazon and just type in there, T-H-E-R-E, There Is a Way, and uh, you'll see that book for your purchase. And so, Dennis, uh, I mean, you would love to see this get into churches and small groups. Um, It's ideal for uh, small groups, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think if if I were trying to nail down a purpose, that probably would be the main one. I just, I've always enjoyed teaching, you know, small groups and Sunday school classes. And, and I hear people fuss sometimes about 
finding good material. And so that was certainly on my mind as I wrote this. I hoped it would be something that would stimulate a lot of discussion, would have questions in it that would be, you know, easy to, to fill the time and, and hopefully more so. I think one of my dreams is it's, it's one of those experiences where, you know, people would get through the hour and they'd be like, we're done. Let's keep going. You know, that's kind of my hope. That's so let's talk about the nine vital skills. Okay. Unpack, uh, unpack those nine. You, you broke the book down. How? Yeah, I have three major sections, Kurt. Um, these are the things that I think kind of help us understand what we're going to face going from point A to point B. So the, the first three chapters are all about the direction of the journey, getting the direction right, making sure that we have a compass, that we have a North Star that helps us make sure we're, we're, we're going in the correct direction. And so there's three chapters in that section. Uh, the first one I've entitled The Greatest Commandment. I thought if we're going to get direction right, it might do well to, to take a look at what Jesus said was the greatest commandment, the most important thing. And, and so that chapter is all about um, loving God. And while that might seem like a simple thing that everybody knows, my experience teaches me that with the different images of God that people have, with the way that they uh, see God, um, he's not always all that lovable. And uh, I think I, I shared in the book, you know, my, my personal experience that, you know, as a, as a young man, I, I learned a lot about how to fear God and about how to honor him and, and respect and obey. But I didn't really learn a lot about loving because in my mind, he was pretty intimidating. And so that's been part of my own personal journey, particularly over the last 10 years. I remember coming to a conclusion, you know, about 10 years ago that in some ways my faith was kind of making me ill because I can get a bit obsessive you know, like a lot of Christian people can. And so I would feel guilt and, and negative emotions more than anything when it came to my spiritual life. And I thought, this is, this is not right. You know, something has to change. And so that sent me on an endeavor to, to really study what it meant to love him and what would make that um, more doable. And a lot of it has to do with the way that we see him. Mm. As a side note, I love how you commented about loving God, but our fathers on earth. Yes, and you you said there's you know there's faithful ones, there's kind ones, there's alcoholic ones, there's absent ones, there's uh, loving ones, there's doting ones, there's dead ones, and how all that plays a role, and how we look at God and are able to love God. Yes, I think. That's where I get to introduce one of the first uh, kind of psychological theories. I like to weave some of that into this study, too, since I'm a therapist. Uh, but th there's a, a theory in psychology called object relations theory that basically says what we experience in our life, particularly in our younger years, takes shape and forms what's called our internal reality. Uh, that becomes the way we see the world. And so you take a word like father and... When you think about the way that's been absorbed, digested by a youngster, that can mean many things. So you come across that in Scripture, and that may have a positive meaning, but there may be a lot to overcome if that's a word you're going to try to apply to a God that you want to love. And, uh, and that's just true in so many aspects of our, 
our, our Christian life. I, I think it's part of why we have so many denominations, so many different beliefs about God, is that people's experiences color and shape and can easily lead us away from the true and living God that's described to us in Scripture. Talk to us about, um, under the this first section, mm-hmm. what's the, what are the two other vital signs? The second one is called uh, teachability. Uh, it has to do with the fact that, I think I opened that chapter with a question, do you think God has anything to teach us? And uh, it's kind of a humbling question, isn't it, to, to realize he's omniscient and chances are there's some things he'd like us to know. Uh, but that particular chapter is really more about humility, more about assuming that we might be wrong about a few things. Uh, believers in the, the first century certainly had some problems with that, and there's no reason to think that we could be off base about some things. So staying open, being a lifelong learner, just being a hungry person for uh, what God wants to teach us is another thing that helps us stay on track. What's the, what's the, ne- the next one? The third one has to do more with kind of the, um, the individuality of our journey. The fact that we can follow other people to a degree and, and see where, where the Lord's taking us, but there are times where we're called to individual things that other people might not understand and might not agree with, and we might catch some flack from people for believing the way we do or seeing things the way we do. And, you know, it'd be like the kid who grows up and decides he wants to go off and be a missionary, and his parents are, like, horrified because that's the last thing they maybe wanted for their child. Um, I think uh, I used the example there that my whole decision to go into the field of, of psychology and therapy, that was not altogether welcomed by my Church of Christ colleagues back in the day. Um, You know, anything that started with PSY was sort of suspect. And so um, there were a lot of people who discouraged that, who felt like it was the wrong move. And so I had to really kind of trust what I felt like God was teaching me and calling me to more than the voices of the masses. And some of those voices can be pretty pressurized. So you have to develop what in psychology we call a certain level of individuation to be able to have the courage to take those individual paths that might not be so well-traveled. Mm, that's good. Talk to us about, um, I think the next section is obstacles. Yes. Uh, unpack that for a bit. Yeah, I think once you get going in the right direction, you, you have to know that in a world like this, with an enemy like we have, there are traps. And I like to look at the Christian journey in many ways as kind of an obstacle course. There are things that are designed to trip you up. And... Uh, And so in that particular section, we talk about um, kind of the whole idea of looking at our defense mechanisms. Um, You know, the Bible talks about the armor of God. We know we need protection from something, but there's a myriad of man-made armor that we select from, everything from chemical dependency to perfectionism to um, somatic complaints. I mean, there are many things we use to take attention away from our weaknesses and, uh, and so that chapter is all about understanding what your defense mechanisms are and, and trying to update them. Uh, we don't want to be clinking around like David was in Saul's armor. We want something that fits, and, and God is willing to help us with that. I love, um, I love how you tie in the, the, the animal kingdom with that, uh, how, how the animals have defense mechanisms. Yeah, I think it's one of the best ways to illustrate that whole concept, uh, Kurt, you know, I, I think when you look at the animal world and you see uh, 
you know, a, a tortoise that has a shell. We know what it's like for people to go into a shell, don't we? <laughs> or when you hear the, the myth about ostriches that they bury their head in the sand, that's kind of a perfect description of denial. Um, or, or the skunk that sprays you with anger, you know, whatever it may be, some smelly stuff. So, you know, finding yourself in the animal world is one way that you can maybe get a clue as to where you need to look. Yeah, I, you even mentioned the, uh, the octopus. Yeah. Uh, yes. What... what Tie that in. Well, they they spray that inky stuff in the water, and it provides a smoke screen. You ever been having a conversation with somebody, and you hit on a nerve, and poof, all of a sudden they're all over the place, and you know you're like, okay, where do I go from here? Yeah. <laughs> what's what what's another obstacle? The uh, the second one is about regulating emotion. Um, our emotions, if they are not controlled well, get us into all kinds of trouble. Uh, emotions are great signaling devices. They're not very good leaders. And so we live in a world where people are really, really struggling right now with the management of emotions, particularly the negative ones like fear and anxiety and anger and grief. Uh, those emotions are valuable and they have purpose. And we talk about that in the book, but we have to be able to contain that. I often tell people, you know, anger, for example, it, it's kind of like fire. Fire's not bad. Sometimes we can use it to eat our home or cook a meal, power our car, but if it's uncontained, it can do incredible damage, and our anger is the same way. So we have to be committed to developing a skill to manage that more effectively, or we're going to be cleaning up a lot of messes over the course of life. Well, we're going to come back and hear about the last three of the the Vital Nine, so uh, we'll be back shortly here on Solid Steps Radio. Iroquois Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. Dr. Eric Veal has been a sponsor of our show since the beginning. If you need your teeth cleaned, overall dental health, Dr. Eric Veal can take care of you. He's got two locations in the Louisville area, one in Iroquois Park area, and then the other in eastern Jefferson County. That's Iroquois Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. And Frank Enterprises, they are a professional septic tank landscaping and wastewater management company. If you have water outside your house that's not going where it's supposed to go, or you have septic tank issues or any landscaping needs, Frank Enterprises can take care of you. Their years of experience will come through, and you will be thankful you called them. So if you're just joining us and you're just saying, man, What's, what's the topic today? We're talking about a book called There is a Way, Nine Vital Skills for an Excellent Christian Journey with doc, uh, doctor and author Dennis Kaufman. Uh, but we only got up to number five on, on of the nine. So, Dennis, what was number six? Yeah, the last of those obstacles we were talking about um, has to do with who you're journeying with. I call it travel companions. I think all of us have probably been in a situation where you were with somebody on a trip and it was pretty annoying and uh, we have to figure out where to put our boundaries in order to uh, to keep uh, that from becoming a drag on where we're trying to go so paying attention to who's in your inner circle is is very very important and uh, that's kind of what that chapter is all about I mean that is huge it is it's a huge deal okay then you talk about the toward the end of the book the last kind of three pieces of this skills that we need to have yes what what are they 
Yeah, I think when you get the direction right and you, you can avoid the obstacles, then the main thing you have to do is just keep going. And so that last section is about sustaining the journey and, and talk about things that the Bible clues us in on that can help us in that regard. Uh, the first in that section is really all about attitude. And so I cover the biblical themes of joy, contentment, and... <laughs> forgetfulness so that is really a big deal you got a memorization that's the real (laughs) you know doc i just ask you to rattle all these nine characteristics and then subtitle or the the sub points under each one of these nine. (laughs) i got it now (laughs) gratitude Uh, yeah gratitude joy gratitude and contentment and interestingly all three of those things are things that the bible teaches us to do regardless of circumstance. And so to me, that's the skill. It's easy to have those things in good times, but how do you develop those when things are not great? I love that. Yeah, yeah I love that. And then and then you talk about uh, your next, the, the eighth one is all about purpose. Uh, I think when you, when you look at um, scriptures and it says things like for the, for the joy, you know, Christ endured the cross. Uh, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And I think that's part of what this section's all about. If you have purpose, if you know that there's meaning and, and there's something good that comes from keeping on, keeping on, then you have a better chance of doing that. So you have to have a life that's purposeful, I think, to be able to endure. That's it, yeah. We, we have to be missional. Yes. Um, and then the last one is what? The last one is really kind of a biblical study of the concept of rest. Um, if you want something to in, increase your sense of God's lovability, think about a God who purposely, for our sake, developed this idea that we need to rest. Um, you can't make him a taskmaster knowing that. And so uh, being able to, to see that concept all the way from creation to revelation, it's, it's all in there. And so we have to learn how to take care of ourselves and and stay fresh in order to finish strong. And I think that's the way most of us would like to, to wrap up our life would be uh, still serving, still praying and uh, still hopeful. And, st- and you know, when, when we are rested, it changes everything. Yes. I mean, when we really look at God and says, Hey, I, I he creates, creates, creates six days. He works, but the seventh day he rested and he's laying this pattern for us. And then he says, Hey, later on, he says, here's the top 10 commandments that we, you know, we would call the 10 commandments. Yes. The longest one, the, the number four is rest. Yes. Take a Sabbath. And, um, Sometimes we just missed the beauty of God's rest. Well, and you think about how that got handled by uh, by the Jewish people, you know, in Jesus' day. I mean, that was that was where they challenged him most, uh, you know, because of their ideas about the Sabbath and the way that it had been legalized. And so his attempt to undo that and to say, "Oh, by the way, I'm the Lord of that too," um, you know, I'm just grateful that it's not just an Old Testament concept. But it's a principle that's that's brought into the New Testament, and again, even to heaven, that's referred to as a ultimate Sabbath rest. Our ultimate yep. Sabbath rest. We used to call it in our home, still do. Um, it's like a snow day, <laughs> and like you know, what's a snow day? You know, uh, Chad, uh, the boys, you know, all your all six boys, when when a snow day happens, you know, you, you don't go to school, you 
sleep in, you you rest, you play in the snow, you can build a snowman. It's a day of refreshment and rejuvenation, and yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, that's been lost in our culture, hasn't it? Yeah, and that's God's that's God's plan. Dennis, you also talk about the beauty and the power of perseverance. Unpack that a little bit for our listeners. Well, I, I think that's certainly one of the ideas behind you know, building this book around skills because when you look at Scripture, particularly there in Romans 5, you can't have perseverance without suffering. And, and so you have to develop an attitude about suffering that's a little different than the way that our world sees it. Um, I, I've, for a long time, I've kind of seen the Lord as our personal trainer. He is going to push us and we're not going to like that sometimes, but it's like buried treasure. The only way you're going to get there is if you're willing to dig and willing to, to sweat and willing to go through hard things. And I just don't think our world really likes that idea so much. And I think it's part of why we see less of that stick to itness that that we used to have. And so I would encourage people to really think about, you know, the idea of how the Lord invites us into suffering. Paul even talks about one of the things he wants to do is to be able to suffer, you know, for Christ's sake. And, um, and so if, if you're always in an avoidant mindset of things that are hard, you're not going to develop the kind of muscle that's going to allow you to endure. And uh, you'll be easily discouraged and, and find yourself giving up from some of the things it may take to get to that life that you really want. Give us a little practical example of what a Christian can do to lean into perseverance, lean into suffering, Um, maybe not a huge leap, but just a tiny step of leaning into that. Well, I think one of the most interesting examples of that in the world of spiritual practices, spiritual discipline would be something like fasting. I mean, who's going to do that of their own free will these days when we have food all around us? But I think people who have practiced that would, would tell you that there is benefit to saying no to the body and, and trying to be more focused on, on prayer and kind of the spiritual dimension and God's kingdom in that time. So I think that's just one small example of things that we're invited to do that are not necessarily our first choice, but if you can make that a practice, I guarantee you, you're going to have more strength. Mm, Love it. Love it. Dennis, uh, this is good stuff. And I just love your book. And I think God's going to use it for some really, really good things for his kingdom and glory. Well, very much appreciate that. I think when you, uh, you're somewhat of a, a rookie at this, like I am in the writing world. You, you, it's hard sometimes to tell, you know, how it is. But I, I'm eager to to see if if uh, that small group can enjoy it the way I hope it will be enjoyed. Well, there is a way, and uh, brother, I hope uh, I, I just I pray w- what Paul said uh, that he would do immeasurably uh, more than we could ask or imagine for the blessing of this book. So thanks for coming on. Thanks for writing this book. And listeners, uh, go to Amazon.com. There is a way by Dr. Dennis Kaufman. And uh, Doc, would you pray us out? Would you pray for us guys, please? I would be glad to do that. Lord, we're so thankful for you, uh, for who you are and, and all that you represent. And, and I do pray for, for all of us that 
Learning to love you well would be a top priority. Anything that gets in the way of that, help us be able to uh, to find um, the strength and the, the perseverance to to keep digging. Lord, I, it's always interesting to me when I have an unseen audience to know what kind of pain, what kind of difficulty, what kind of life situations are out there. And I'm grateful that you know, and uh, I'm thankful that maybe in some small way this is an encouragement and a way for people to be reminded of your love for us and your desire to make life something special. We appreciate that, and we pray that in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. Dennis, thank you so much for coming on the show. Appreciate it. It's been a privilege. Appreciate it. Yes. You know, my wife and I have this statement we use in our house called stress paralyzed. You're so stressed, you paralyze, you don't do anything sometimes because you just don't know what to do, what's your first step, and you just get all clammed up. Well, this is a great opportunity. If you feel like there's something in your life and you're going, I just need to go in that direction. I know the direction I'm going is the wrong one. Man, this let this be your sign. This is a good place to start. There is a way. Nine vital skills for an excellent Christian journey by Dr. Dennis Kaufman. Go to Amazon and just type in the book title and you'll be able to get it for you. And we pray this would be something to help point you in the right direction to get you from point A to point B. Thank you for listening to Solid Steps Radio. With every step I take, I am standing.